You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 431st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I am Matt in the little guy in Minneapolis. Where am I? What am I? Uh-huh. Starting, starting strong. Yeah, yeah. Starting strong. Yeah. We don't have Tim here this week, so we got a pinch hitter yeah. uh, leading us off. A little unfortunate there with the first pitch, but you'll get it in the next one, I'm sure. This is, of course, Spencer in Western Massachusetts, beautiful Western Massachusetts. Well, Spencer, um, sometimes the uh, sometimes the the domestique wins. You know, uh-huh. sometimes you know. I feel like I'm a pretty strong podcaster, but I'm usually uh, I'm usually second. I'm usually pulling for Tim, you know. And but sometimes, much like Christoph Laporte today, uh, you gotta let you gotta let the little guy win. You gotta let the guy that I don't know. See, now this is a common misconception. I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, Everybody always thinks they're doing all the work in the bike race. um, And they deserve the accolades, like whether or not they win. Yeah. Uh, So I'm not surprised to hear you saying you're doing all the lead out work. All the work. If if Tim is the first usually on this intro, wouldn't he be leading out you? Don't think about it too hard. Don't think about it too Uh hard. And you would be leading out then for me, who's the closer, who is the actual star of the show. That's true. It's sort of like our team when we did the, three of us did the team sprint. Was that what it was called on the track? Team sprint, yeah. Yeah, with the three, and we had to kind of shuffle around a little bit because I think I was (laughs) second. I think eventually we finished on Tim. Tim started... I was second. You were third. Am I, am yes. I, I did not yeah, think about that. We we have we we also didn't have this <laughs> set order when we started the podcast. That's true. Eventually, it became the same order. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's really weird to think about. But we settled on the track sprint uh, uh, strategy. Uh, if if you're unfamiliar, three guy three three riders line up. Yeah, uh, you take off. You each you each do a lap at the front. So one person does full gas, and then the first person will pull off, and the next two go. And basically, the second person in the in the line will go full gas to lead out the third person. And you know, it's the cumulative time of all three. Um, we we do the same lineup here, but Tim only went first because he started so bad that he couldn't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> if if we had went full gas from the beginning, so we had to. Yeah. We had to stuff little guy behind Tim, basically, yeah. is what it was, because little guy started way too strong. He was a very good starter on the track. Yeah, that, it, was, um, it was funny to have to. Um, that was my probably my best attribute on the track. I think the only mm-hmm. race I ever won was the whatever the two lap like uh, standalone person version of it, where you would just everyone would race two laps. So you just I just try to start as fast as I could and just hope mm-hmm. that I didn't fade too much. But with the three of us, I would just drop Tim, and I'd be useless. So in second, I would... Yeah, and and with you stunted behind Tim, it was no problem for me to hold your wheel. So that was perfect. And then by Um, that point, I was getting tired. 
because I, I uh-huh. had no endurance on the track. So that second lap for no. you was sort of a rest lap before yeah. you went all out on the last one. So uh, needless to say, Which we is... weren't the best team. <laughs> no, we weren't. But there were only two, and the top three qualified for national championships. Yeah. So technically, we yeah. did qualify. In the history books. In the history books. History books. We, wow. didn't, we didn't make the trip out to... Uh, to Carson for the, uh, for the national championships though. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, uh, much, much like those days, Tim is still letting us down. Uh, he is not here this week. Uh, unfortunately has a, a prior engagement. Uh, you may have seen the article floating around. Nah, on NPR wrote a story about it. Um, oh, really? Okay. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, the World Clown Association is bringing together all types of clowns for its 40th annual convention in Orlando. So, oh, which makes that. perfect sense. Yeah. All the clowns I know do live in Orlando. So, um, yeah, Tim, Tim is preoccupied uh, uh, this evening. So we are going to have to wing it, little guy, on our own. Um, it's always uh, a little terrifying flying without a net. But... Uh, Maybe we can stuff one more clown in this car uh, and see if we can get it down the road, you know? That's a good plan. We should see if we <laughs> get one more clown into this little mini car. Uh-huh. Um, so we got a lot of bike racing to talk about. There's all kinds of European racing going on. There's all kinds of, I guess that's it. That's all the racing there is really, right? Uh, as far as you and me know, I mean, maybe we could, call up some sort there, of uh expert there is u.s racing well these days right i don't know if is there racing yet or is it just controversy i think there's race we, right. we i don't know what's going on it's embarrassing we don't know what's going on in our own backyard all right little guy uh i think you know the number that we need to call uh we're gonna have to dial up sister show here on the wide angle podium network, uh, criterium nation, see if they can bail us out. Uh, see if maybe we can get Rob on the line and, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in the American scene and also fill some sizable clown shoes of Tim Hayes, uh, while he is away for the evening. All right. I'll mash the keyboard. Ring, 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 ring. Hello, hello. Oh, hey, Rob. Rob, is that Rob? Is that you? It is. Is this little guy Matt Allen all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota? It is. It's me from Minneapolis. Do you, Do you have time by chance to just do a podcast? Why not? Oh, I got okay. nothing going on here. It's seventy degrees in the beautiful oh. city of Washington D.C. I just had a glass of wine. Was sitting out in the courtyard. Discussing the finer points of life with the neighbors. So, oh, what's going on so in Hollywood? Uh, yes. <laughs> now, little guy, can you confirm that both Rob and I are here on this podcast at the same time? Yes. Because there has been uh, some debate as to whether or not that could actually be physically possible. Yeah, I can confirm they're in separate windows. Uh, they're in their own little little rooms. They they are different people, um, as far as I know. seemingly. Yeah, yeah. I I realized what my problem was the last time. Um, Too smart. I was not. Yeah. I was not following proper slow ride podcast etiquette. Uh-huh. I was actually waiting my turn to talk. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. That'll, do, yeah. that'll confuse people. 
That'll really confuse yeah. people. No, it, it's very telling that that our listener had to go pretty deep in the show before before <laughs> you and Spencer talked over each other and they and they were like, "Wait a minute." Cuz we usually get that out of the way right away. We muddle up all the voices real quick, let everybody know we're mm-hmm. all real. But mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're real, Rob. I'm glad you're here. Uh I, crits those still happen i haven't done one in years they must not happen if i don't do them anymore well um unfortunately the still water crit does not happen anymore so uh Hmm. tim has nothing at all to talk about so we'll make sure we skip past that but criterium racing is is back at it in the United States, it's about to get hot and it's about to get heavy here. And uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a crit controversy happening. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of some promises that are being made. And we don't know if those promises will be fulfilled wow, when that, it comes down to. Now, hang on. That's bike American racing? racing in a I mean, that's bike racing in a nutshell, but especially American racing. That's, that's yeah. the core of the racing culture is promises. Put a race on that calendar. Put TBD right next to where it's going to be held, and you just you just wait till a week before, and then you cancel it. I like. I think I said the other day on my show. I'm still waiting for my seventy five dollar uh, support the DC Velodrome T shirt uh, from about seven or eight years ago. So uh, really hoping that they bring that to Washington D.C. because uh, it, it'd be great. I heard they had some really good waterfront property. Oh wow. Oh, that's nice. That's yeah. yeah you, <laughs> you know, Slow Ride Podcast has a bridge we could sell you, Rob, uh, if you are interested in uh, you know getting some hill repeats going or something. I don't know. Oh, uh, you know, so uh, big news happened in crit racing world. I don't know how far do we want to talk about crit racing before we talk about you know traditional bike racing the, the stuff we do care about we yeah. do have a lot of big uh big euro stuff that happened but yeah let's let's talk a little crit i hear and i also hear you might have maybe some 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 beef with me i want to know about the beef in the crit world and then if we have any 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 uh wait it's almost crit related oh. beef in a sense i feel like yeah that's so this is going. But, but but tell me what's going on with with with, with race <laughs> yeah okay so, uh, let me let me just start because i feel like i've got my finger on the pulse of the American crit scene, actually. I've been hamming it up here that I don't know what's going on. But really what it is is... Um, really what it is is that... the, the um, So what happened is... So the National a, Cycling League, I think, right, is what right, you're right, talking right. Yeah, about. Yeah, the big one with the money that came and the advertising. They're doing some bike races maybe with and a team or two will be there that much we know and the race is like next week two weeks and it's april 8th in miami beach yeah yeah miami okay so florida the the clowns will be in town it's gonna be great um they'll be nearby anyway uh okay so that's about all I know from what I can pick up on the internet. I think that's about all most American bike racing fans know at this point. Can you fill in the details from there? Wow. The details are scant. Uh, that has been the biggest problem. So about a year ago, this league, 
is created that came in with Splash and big promises, a million dollar prize purse, mm -hmm. professional teams, broadcasting. There was a lot of huge promises. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those promises just were things that we've seen before in the past. You know, big, huge, grandiose, let's do it. And you're just like, okay, we'll see where this goes. Mm -hmm. And so the crit racing media world that there is. Um, you and that other guy? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> two of us. We, we've been patiently waiting for more details. Uh -huh. Two teams were announced that were a part of this organization, and they were talking about doing a series of four races with two teams, rounded out with eight other teams drawn from the American bike racing world, still racing for a million dollars. And then all of a sudden we learn that they're going to be doing it in Miami, Denver, Atlanta, and in Washington, D.C. That's where you're from. That is where I'm from. Yeah. And I'm still looking for the course. Still looking for the course. Because putting, putting on any kind of large major event in Washington, D.C. is an yeah. amazingly easy task. Oh, I bet. I've heard, bet. famously, yeah. No security yeah. concerns or anything, right? No, definitely not if you want to do it on the National Mall, somewhere in between the White House and, and the Capitol building. That is easy fairground. Ideally. Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. That's yeah. where the National Champ should be every year, obviously. It, it really should be because uh, the light posts in the middle of Pennsylvania Avenue yeah. are actually removable. Oh, for crit racing. Incredible. That's why, they put it, that's yeah. why they're removable, right? For crit racing. Yes. Yeah. Not because of the president. Yeah, not because of the presidential inauguration or anything like yeah. that. Oh, man. So, you know, we we wanted details. We were hoping for details about the NCL, and none really materialized. You know, you get a little bit of a, a spoiler here or a teaser there, but you're sitting there like, it's two, month, it's two months away. Nothing. I don't know the race course. I don't know the rules. I don't know the other teams. And, you know, that's when Tim does the thing that Tim does so well, which is start poking at me via, <laughs> via the Slow Ride podcast or social media or Twitter uh -huh. or text uh -huh. message. And I'm just like, I can't do it, Tim. I can't do it. I can't talk about something that doesn't, you know, that there's no details about. And so eventually Tim got to me. Uh -huh. In the way that only Tim Hayes can get to me. And we started getting fed uh, leaked rule books and details. And, and certain people were like, I was at this meeting. This is what I heard. And now I'm just like, okay, we finally have enough information to start asking legitimate questions of the people who are who are running this organization. Can we please find out more information about what you guys are doing? And the regrettable answer was they were super enthused and excited to talk to us, but they were not super enthused or excited to actually answer the questions. Oh. So we had hard hitting <laughs> questions, by the way, hard hitting. Um, do we have your rule book? And I sent them a document. What are your course maps? What are the teams that are a part of this? And what are the teams that turned you down? Those are the four hard-hitting questions that we asked them that they were unwilling to answer before their first race. I feel like three of those four questions should be on the flyer and publicly available for any race. Yeah, right. Let alone a million-dollar big-time event. Yeah. Um, I could see them being cagey about who declined, but the rest of that stuff is pretty, 
pretty standard stuff. I mean, it's f- it's hard hitting f- because they're not telling anyone. Yeah. The hard it- <laughs> part about it is that the teams that had declined, we knew more information about the teams that had chosen to decline uh-huh. because they went to Velo News, they went to Cycling News, they were saying, hold on, we're not doing this. We wish them luck, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but we're not going to do this. This doesn't align with our mission for the season. And yeah. I, I do think before we go one step further, I got to address UK Corner because I'm afraid we've been using some confusing words for them. Um, which microphone do I use for UK Corner? I always forget. Is it the one on the left side of the road or the right side of the road? Oh, definitely the left. The left. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So UK Corner, everybody else, Australia, Canada, the United States, the Netherlands, New Zealand, this is not for you. Uh, a criterium is a bike race. You call it a circuit race. The rest of the world calls it a criterium, but you just choose to use a different word. Sorry. It's the same thing, but don't worry because frankly, the NCL, it's not crit racing. It's something. It's bike racing for sure, but it's not crit racing. So okay. hang on now. Back to everybody. I, I have seen some rumors. Well, the, the claim was that they were going to have all this live streaming and stuff. And now I have seen the rumors across the wire that this is going to be on GCN, which is a pretty legitimate uh, uh, outlet for this racing. So if it's not Criterium Racing, is that going to be a problem? Because everybody's going to see, I mean, assuming it happens, that's what they're going to see. And they're going to be like, oh, this is what the Americans are doing? That's a huge question. I mean, like, so here's the, the scoring system. In the United States, in Europe, in every other version of bike racing, the winner is relatively easy to pick out because it's the guy or the woman who finishes first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've heard about this. Whoever crosses, yeah, whoever crosses the finish line first is typically the winner. I mean, Tour de France, you can do the lowest time, whatever, but like it's the same basic principle. Who crosses first wins. In the NCL, it doesn't matter who crosses the finish line first on the on the last lap. They're not necessarily the winner. It's a points race. It's kind of like a track tempo oh, okay. or like that weird points race that you do in the middle of a crit season. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, oh, yeah, every five laps we're going to sprint and we're going to count points. And then by the end of the third or fourth sprint point, you have no idea who's winning anymore yeah, yeah. because you – can't do math that well. So, uh, hang on. Tuesday Night Worlds. You said this was going to happen in Miami Beach, right? Yes. Okay, I'm just a little confused because the the clown convention is in Orlando, not on the forest for a criterium circuit throughout the country. So, well, okay. It does sound like a clown show. Maybe they could work together somehow then. I don't know. It seems like some cross-promotional opportunities here. Their initial marketing was clearly run by somebody who probably is going to be at that convention. It was shambolic. (laughs) It was mixed messaging. It was everything wrong about uh, media being generated by people who don't understand uh-huh. what it is they're generating the media about. Like they didn't consult anybody when they were talking about crit racing and showing video of somebody on a townie bike or a mountain bike. Like <laughs> yeah, what? That was great. That was great. 
Oh, yeah. man. They have gotten better. They've hired some very good people. They spent a ton of money on marketing and promotional campaigns. Okay. But let's, they're still missing the details. Let's get the hard-hitting questions out of the way, Rob. In Criterium Nation's professional opinion, uh-oh. Is this series going to happen? What's the over/under? How many of them will? How many events of the four will happen? All four? Only two? Not even one? And uh, uh, you know, what what does the outlook look like? I feel like the way that they're spending money, that unless they get a chunk of infusion of new investor money after the second race in Atlanta in in May, that that the third and fourth races will be a legitimate question. Um, I saw them at Tucson Bicycle Classic, which is a stage race in Tucson, Arizona. They showed up completely professional. Yeah. They had two they had two box trucks filled with all of their equipment. They had four or five people come to set everything up for the athletes. So when they got there, the camp chairs were there, the the bikes were all in position, everything was professionally done. They had coaches. They don't call them team directors for some reason. They call them coaches. America. They had they had yeah, America. They had Swaneers who were there. They had media. They had drones. They had a lot of money being spent. Okay. They are paying very good salaries to their bike racers by American market standards, between thirty and seventy thousand dollars for the sixteen people that are a part of their team. And they've they've built out a clubhouse as well in Miami beach to to do their, you know, and then they've hired some broadcasters. They've partnered with GCN. And to be honest, I don't know what partnering with GCN means. Does it mean that GCN bought the rights? Does that mean the NCL paid GCN (laughs) to put it on? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could be either way. Could be either way, but like these are the things that you would think that would be answered at some point in time in a press release or mm-hmm. in a in a news article. But it's, unfortunately, the the news articles we've seen have just been skeptical, but not probing. Interesting. Uh, I mean, that is a little par for the course for traditional cycling media. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Uh, just and c- and it it also. I don't understand this, and maybe maybe you guys can can clear this up for me. This concept of the person who finishes first at the end of the race not necessarily being the winner uh-huh. bothers me mm-hmm. because I think of all the things in American bike racing or in bike racing as a whole, determining who the winner is is the one thing we really don't need help fixing. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's true. I, I like a good points race, but I think it doesn't translate to watching a crit on the side of the road. It works on a track because you see everything and you can be in one mm-hmm. fixed position. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to have an announcer trying to make it clear. It works, obviously, it works on TV because you can have graphics come up. It doesn't work super well if you're hanging out on turn three yep. of a crit and you're like excited because. Uh, the Miami Blazers or whatever got off the front, and then your friend's like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't even matter though, man, because the 
you know, the Omaha Owls like won the first three sprints, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Like, should I be Part- excited? Should I not be excited? But like a crit makes sense. You're like, cool, three guys are off the front. Like, yeah, yeah. I hope they can make it, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's uh, famously, uh, American criterium racing has been, yeah, if you're sitting on turn three, you're just watching UHC sit on the front and destroy everyone for 85 minutes to see if maybe some little team might sneak up the side and try to overtake the train before the end. And that's, that's the climax of the race. Really. It never happened. UHC always won, but, um, Oh, except for once. (laughs) There was one occasion. Gibby, you are not used to this Loride podcast where we just say things as if they're fact and then move on. (laughs) Uh, But I know, I know the blue train killer, the guy who won, who beat UHC at their own game at Lake Bluff. He is a huge fan of the slow ride podcast. I know this. We talk, he's He's from Minneapolis, which is obviously, and he's a huge fan of ice cream. Interesting. Tim here. We can't. No, no, no. No, His name's Peter Olenichek. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. He's really good. He's crushed me on so many occasions. (laughs) But we we could also circle back to Dewey Dickey. I know that was a conversation that you guys had a few. Tim's gonna be so sad that he missed Uh, this. I thought we could get through Uh, a whole episode, but we're talking about Dewey, huh? Dewey, Dewey, yeah. probably lapped the UHC train, but um, all those results have been uh, stricken for the record at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Speaking of, uh, look, I don't want to change gears too hard here, but some other results might need to be stricken from the record, little guy. Is this true? And what is the Slow Ride Podcast ruling on this? Because I don't really know what's going on. Well, I think you're obviously talking about E3, where Wout won in the sprint with Vanderpool and Pogue, and uh-huh. he should uh-huh. be DQ'd because he got his chain looped. That's my opinion. What do you, what do you guys? How wait, you wait, wait, wait. DQ'd for getting his chain looped? It's not allowed, man. He got it uh, from a moving vehicle. You can stop and get your chain looped, but you cannot have the mechanic lean out the window anymore and lube your chain. That's the rules. If they're gonna, they're gonna. I mean, my my opinion is if they're gonna DQ Faulkner a week and a half later or whatever because she had a little device on that wasn't collecting supposedly, like then they should. DQ out for this because it was super clear. It was on TV. The GCN guys were like, well, that's not supposed to happen, but it's probably <laughs> fine. Okay. All right. I feel bad because Wout definitely won that race, and I doubt I don't think that the lube really made that big a difference, but maybe it did. If that saves you two watts going up the last climb and you don't get dropped. Uh is it about the chain lube, little guy, or is it about the toe on the car? You know what I mean? Well, I don't think I don't think the chain loop went in the race. Well, I think the I little breather he got for a few seconds oh. might have helped. No, I think the loop uh. makes more sense. Like, can you? I cannot imagine having a squeaky chain. The psychological advantage <laughs> you would get from if okay. you were in right. if you were in a breakaway <laughs> with Matthew Vanderpool and, uh-huh. and Bokar, uh-huh. and your chain starts squeaking, like right there, you're dead in the water. It doesn't matter if you're putting out. Way more absolutely than not day. like that gets in your brain you know that's why he rolled back to the car like he probably no, 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 sound no, no. And he was like panic mode okay so this is a difference between Wout Van Aert and me a professional 
in that situation who could handle it. Because if your chain starts squeaking and you know it's your chain and you know it could get to you, you immediately use that as psychological leverage, psychological warfare against your... I'd be like, hey, Pogue, your chain squeaking? And then all of a sudden it's in his head and he thinks, oh, no, my chain is squeaking. And uh, all of a sudden the watts drop off. He thinks is you know something's uh, you know creaking and wrong with his bike. He'd be like, yeah, that mechanic, you know, he just hasn't been doing his job well lately. Wow. All of a sudden you're riding away. He's not paying attention when you make the move. Now I, mean, I routinely tell people in races that they're in between gears. <laughs> watch them look down and jump them. Yes. Right there. See. Nice. Good. Exactly. I like that. I like that. <laughs> This is the strat, little guy. You're too nice. Minnesota, uh, you got to get a little mm-hmm. more cutthroat, bud. Yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, I'm obviously, I'm down on team DQ. What do you guys, what do you think? Should he, should he have been DQ'd? Actually, I have well, one, more, one more reason to say he should be DQ'd. I was uh, on the fence, and then his team released that like press statement that said, don't murder cycling. Like, after don't the fact, murder cycling. It said, don't or don't kill cycling or something. Like when the, the, the DQ was brought up, they were like, because that, hang on for me, because, because removing, DQ, removing, DQ. removing a result from the cycling history books for the first time ever would yes. ruin cycling. <laughs> I think, I think removing a Belgian from winning in Belgium uh-huh. would, uh-huh. but the second his team said that I felt like, he should have been DQ'd immediately because that was okay. the most right. like whiny crybaby. We win everything and we didn't win this thing, even though we blatantly broke the rule that we know we're not supposed to break. But we've always right. been able to break it before. So like, wah, wah, wah. Like they, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm curious what Rob has to say as well. Maybe he can tie break this because I don't think he should be DQ'd. Uh, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. It's normal bike racing. It's right in the rule the, books, man. It's right in the, the rule books. Again, now the problem that I have is that Kristen Faulkner also should not have been DQ'd. Yeah, she um, shouldn't have been. Hers was hers had more ambiguity though. His is very clear. You cannot have maintenance from a car, moving car. Boom, DQ. All right. Well, I mean, we're gonna have to de- agree to disagree. This is the All this right. is the the passion of cycling. Uh, <laughs> having your mechanic hang out of the car. It's it's a dream that every young cyclist has. I agree. I think, I think all three of them should have been DQ'd. Okay, because it. Would... I think all three of them should have been DQ'd because of the socks they were wearing. <laughs> the socks were too high. Who's who had the high the tallest socks in that group? I couldn't. They they were all really tall. Well, they were all really tall, but they were all different colors, and so Wout obviously had the black socks on. Well, that should be and DQ right it, there. <laughs> it just makes his legs look so skinny. Yeah. And, and so elongated, it's just wrong. And and I do think it's very necessary to point out, as they did on the coverage, that um, how does how does Tim say Pagacha? Pagacha? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really got to yeah. really yeah. mess up your yeah. microphone's uh, filter yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, no luft on his hair. There were That's no true. tufts no of tufts, hair. Yeah. There were no tufts of hair coming out of his helmet. It was clearly something that worked against him because we know the arrow advantage of having the hair coming out of the helmet fence. 
So that's the clear reason why that race went the way it did. But yeah. like these these arrow socks. Yeah, the arrow sock I, thing is silly. I can't get I can't I can't wear them because my calves are too big, so they always end up rolling down. <laughs> yeah, I got so, that problem too, bro. I got that problem too, yeah. bro. I'm too muscular. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. I've always said that about you, little guy. I'm too <laughs> I'm just too ripped. They don't make them in my size. Same with the arrow uh arm warmers. Uh oh yeah. So, I'm certainly uh, not a guy who's had small extra small arm warmers that fell down. No, right. not me. No, certainly not. Um little guy, uh E3 just perusing the results here. Fourth place Matteo Jorgensen, uh movie star team. Yeah. Huge. Um, famously inspired by uh uh Van Vluten over there uh on the women's team. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Is uh so he's gonna win the Tour de France then? Is this the next American hope? Well, yeah, after Perry Nice we were freaking out about him and Paulus uh being we have to overhype them for the tour. Now he's now he's getting fourth in classics. Yes, I think we should overhype him and weight of the shoulder or weight of the world on his shoulders. Let's do it. This Let's is, crush uh, him with the American dream. Does the does the no, tour great. this year have a Paris style stage? I have no idea. I have no. no idea what the tour has. I'm a French rider through and through. I have not recon the tour, and I will not recon the tour. I have uh, seen it before. I'm sure it will be the same. It'll be fine. Uh-oh, totally different. I was going to do a French accent, but I decided against yeah, it. Yeah. You're welcome. All well, right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you know, um, E3's a race I really like, and that was definitely an epic one. DQ controversy or no DQ controversy. It was a great race by Wout. It was it was great seeing those three just destroy everyone. I think the craziest thing for me was how Wout, Vanderpool, and Vogue looked like they were they were on a hard ride together and they obviously mm-hmm. duked it out. But the group behind was like attacking each other, like Kung was attacking, and then Jorgensen and then uh you know, like Movistar had two riders, which was bonkers in a cl- mm-hmm. in a classic race. But they all had this like pained classics rider look on their faces, and they were just really taking it to each other. And then they'd cut back to the first three, who were minutes clear, just yeah. just looking serene. Like those guys are on such another level. So it was two crazy. interesting points I want to bring up, and one was a a, a quote after the race from uh, from Pogue that was like, it's impressive or amazing. I forget what the adjective he used was, but um, it's impressive how strong those two are after riding that many kilometers, like to sprint at the end. Yeah. Um, which of that is like, when you can wear down uh, Pogaccia and, and, and earn that kind of quote out of him, that's uh I think that's like better than a trophy, really, at the end of the day. Um so I didn't know if you saw that, but also uh speaking of the movie star team and uh Jorgensen, you said he, they had two in the break. Not only is that amazing for movie star to have two in a, a up the road kind of in, in, at the front end of a classic, but they didn't screw it up either. No. They nailed they got, it. They got fourth and fifth, like they were the next two. Yeah, they did the How? they did the best they did the best they could have out of that that second group. Yeah, it's is this a whole new world, movie star? <laughs> well, 
obviously the world's upside down. Hell's frozen over because uh-huh. uh, old piece of junk Patrick over there on whatever his team's called now, um, Patrick Lafair, uh, his team was terrible, and then they were terrible mm-hmm. again this weekend, and it's, it's so wonderful. It I'm sure wonderful. there's love. I'm sure there's good ride like riders on the team. I'm sure there's some nice guys, some good folks that work for that team that don't like their boss, but. I have to say I quite enjoy watching that team completely crumble apart during what is usually their uh their main chunk of the season. Though they yeah. they are their GC team is sort of turning into a good team unfortunately at the same time. But yes. But I have to go back to something. Uh-oh. Go back. I got to go back to something because last week you who me? Yeah, I don't know if it was you. I, I'll be honest, it okay. might have been Tim and it may have been Spencer, but there was some besmirching yeah. about the length of Milan San Remo. Oh, it wasn't me. I love it. Make it 300 hours long. It's great. It's oh, Tim. No, I think it was so Tim. Certainly, it's uh, certainly me or Tim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like E3 is a perfect example of why you need to give the athletes the time to do the racing that they need to do. Like these human beings are at such a fine level of physical perfection that what would destroy the three of us as far as a physical effort is just not enough to even start to wear them down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you watch the coverage of the race and you're looking at the stone cold face of, of Matthew Vanderpool or of wild Van Art or of, of Pogue, like nothing betrays any level of effort, but you know that they're digging deep and they're going hard, but you also know that there are these like little micro games that are being played Oh yeah, between and among all the athletes. They're never working perfectly together. No, no. There's always like that. There's always like that one guy in the break who's just like, as the other person is coming up to take their place, they accelerate just a little bit so that they have to burn a little bit extra of a match. And then that guy in turn gets to the front and just, you know, hits the throttle ever so slightly. So that rider who had just screwed with them has to like accelerate again. And then you're coming through a corner and, and Pogue did this like 15 times where he'd go through a corner, he'd lay off and then he'd accelerate yeah. and you'd see this little daylight. And it's just like, well, Van has got to make up that gap. Yeah. And sure. It doesn't hurt that, badly but when you've been doing it for 200 and some odd kilometers it really starts to hurt and and i mean like if you got any questions about like the boring part of the race the part of the race that nobody watches because it's like 70 or 80 kilometers from the finish just ask cavendish how he enjoyed that part of milan (laughs) san remo Uh, he might still be on the road over there you never know these are the great things he's just like us yeah Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I think we should check in briefly. Speaking of uh, European Peloton, and see what is going on over there inside the Peloton. Uh, we're gonna try and get a hold of our man Simon Geshka because I'm sure the emails are are in his box. He just hasn't had the time to check it. Maybe the voicemails uh, full or something. He just hasn't got back to us yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Uh, so let's check in with Simon over in the pre lap. Let's do it. 
I'm Tommy Walker and you're, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, Spencer, Rob, we're in the Prem Lap. Uh, who are we riding for this week? Certainly not uh, any of the other shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Um, I mean, there's I mean, some good ones. We've got, we've got, you know, we've we've got. Oh, Cyclocross good... Radio is excellent. Oh, That's such yeah, a great Cyclocross show. Radio is great. Um, and there's super uh, professional. Uh, there's nowhere fast. I mean, I love that. Uh, That's you know, a, I, oh, I love... another favorite. Good one. Couldn't is hit there the Grodio? The Grodio is absolutely crushing it these Grodio's days. Grodio's crushing it. Obviously, Grodio, we're in amazing peak gravel season here, and there's kind of no other season in the in the spring no, summertime I, of bike racing in America. So everyone's crazy um, for some, gravel. Yeah. There's some mountain biking that goes oh, on, but yeah. that's covered by cyclocross radio. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Yeah. 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 Well, that's kind of that must be it, huh? And there's us, I guess, but I don't know what the heck this is. I've been trying to figure that out for like the last six and a half years. Yeah. Oh, even yeah, you're right there with us. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me see. Oh wait, there's a little show called Criterium Nation too. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh oh man, I really got to start doing some work if we yeah. if we're gonna talk about Criterium Nation. Oh good. Uh, here well, here here they're asking the hard hitting questions. They are. We are asking all the hard-hitting questions, and we've got a great show coming up in about a week and a half with Michael Marks, the gentleman who uh, is behind the Belgian Waffle Ride series oh, of gravel yeah. races. Whoa, whoa, okay. whoa, whoa. That's the cr- you got a. It's a crossover. What's going on? You're crossing the line. It's a, it's a crossover, but the reason why we've got him on is because he's going to put a crit on. Oh, all He's right. going to bring the genius of the Belgian waffle ride marketing to Criterium Racing, uh, and we want to we want to explore that because we've been doing this whole thing this year so far about explaining media, marketing, advertising, branding, looking at how we've been doing it, and to see if there's a better way. There's got to be a better way. There has to be. Yeah, there clearly has to be. I love this show. I love the idea of uh, gravel cycling being a plot the whole time, a ploy, a, a ruse to uh, put cycle uh, to put Criterium Racing back in the spotlight. So uh, I'm glad you're breaking this story wide open for everybody. Yes. And if uh, if they want to get some more info, they can head over to WideAnglePodium.com and find out uh, more about Criterium Nation, more about all the other shows we talked about, and. Uh, if you are so inclined, uh, uh, you can donate, become a sustaining member over at the wide angle podium, uh, dot com by clicking on that donate button and, uh, uh, support the shows that you are listening to and enjoying and support the work that, uh, Rob is doing and that Bill and, and Zach and, um, and Michael are doing that Amanda's doing. I don't know that we do that much work over here, but we, we, you know, we put in a solid effort. We put in a turn at the front, maybe left a little gap, uh, there for the next guy, but yeah, you know, it's all, it's all in, it's all in good fun. Um, but yeah, head over to widinglepodium.com, uh, to learn more about all these shows. Give Rob some love. If you have not checked out, uh, Criterium Nation, I highly recommend it. And with that little guy, let's get back to the show. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast, afterwards. (laughs) 
Uh, welcome back from the, uh, what do we call that? The premlap. The premlap. It's the thing in the middle of a crit. You know, this is usually the time in the show we would we'd dip into the email bag. But I don't know if we're going to get there because I still want to talk about Ghent. That oh, yeah. Today. There was a Can't semi-classic. Today. Yeah. We haven't even got to it yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even got to it yet. And we got to talk about it because, one, it was atrocious weather, and I didn't see Wout get his chain lubed one time, the whole time. So they must have huh. changed uh, chain lube suppliers or something before this race. At least learn their lesson. But I'm sure you guys saw Wout Van Aert and Christophe Laporte broke away, what, 455 miles from the finish um, and <laughs> did a little team time trial with Laporte taking the win, biggest win of his career. Breaks my heart that it's not on Kofidis, but it happened. It's great. Uh, <laughs> he's getting some huge wins, and I love that he's like, wow, it's sidekick. Uh, it was a fun race in a way, in a way kind of a boring race, but what an epic display by Lotto. Like, they're just crushing it. It's like they don't need the chain lube. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the thing about despicable cheaters <laughs> is that they probably didn't need it anyway. <laughs> that's true. I mean, Lance is just naturally gifted. He didn't need to do right. all that all that yeah. stuff. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. Uh, I did hear. I don't know if you guys have done this reporting. Uh, Visma is a uh, small Norwegian software oh, company. Oh, okay. that is interesting. interesting. Let me. Yeah, I'm gonna make a note of that so I don't forget. Jot that mm-hmm. down, little guy. Put that. Uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I, I here's my beef though. You're talking about you're talking about this race here at Ghent, mm-hmm. which I, I think is an incredible race and kudos to Christophe Laporte and Wout Van Van Aert and even Sepp Van Mark who yes, got third. That was great. I'm looking at a picture here of Wout and Christophe Laporte mm-hmm. doing the two te- two man time trial that they did for most of the race. Um, no gloves, no gloves <laughs> of any kind on Laporte's hand. It's Europe, man. It's raining. It's Europe. <laughs> it's it's raining. It's awful. It's slippery. These are cobblestones. No gloves. And, and even if you look at Wout, he's wearing short-fingered gloves. Uh-huh. This is prime long-fingered <laughs> glove conditions. This is where you need it. This is personal protective equipment. They might as well not even have steel-toed shoes. What's going on in bike racing these days? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it could be 95 degrees in America and most people would have full finger gloves on. So what, Rob, explain it to me. Cause I've never worn full finger gloves like in a bike race, unless it's cold out. Like maybe I would have worn long finger gloves, say, but not, not on like a warm day. What, what, what's I, up with that? I, I've worn them in mountain bike races where it Even makes then, lots I don't of get sense. It. No, it does makes no sense. Do you guys not only perspire out of your hands? Cause like <laughs> my hands would be so hot. I, I have only worn short finger gloves a few times for mountain bike races because yeah. I would get blisters, but I would be so hot. They're so warm. And mountain biking, you're I, only going five miles an hour. I really wonder what's on the inside of the, the shifter covers, the hoods there on, on any of little guys' bikes. Are they just like caked with salt in yes. awfulness? Yes. Probably, yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably. That's, yeah. Okay, that explains that explains Schwam again really, really well. <laughs> Is it? No, uh, 
I mean, I mean, long finger gloves are there. There's a sturdy contact point between you and the bike. It delays the sweat, you know, and also most importantly, hand up gloves have really cool sayings on them <laughs> that you can post oh, up yeah. when you're posting up for your win yeah. in a crit. Uh-huh. This is a good you point. Know? This is a That's good point. Important. But what? Do you have a read on what it, what is why have, has America embraced full fingers gloves? What is the cultural difference? Is it just tradition? Because I mean, I, you can I make think, a case that Europe has just had this tradition of no gloves or short finger gloves, and we we are we're we're coming at it from a blank slate every few years here in America. Uh, long finger gloves are like the SUV of gloves, yeah. little guy. Like they're yeah. still driving little hot hatchbacks and things. Over in Europe, so, so we just feel safer with the bigger gloves on. Yeah, the, the longer the fingers, like the size. I feel safer. It's like the longer Nobody they are, safer. the safer you are. Yeah, and you got to outdo yeah, yeah. the next guy, otherwise, uh, you know, you're going to be the one that gets, uh, uh-huh. I don't know, a scraped finger it puts, when you crash. It puts you a, li- a little higher up on the bars, and you just uh-huh. feel safer but when I mean, you're higher up on the road. You know. So we've adopted obviously long-fingered gloves in crit racing, and. In America as a whole, you know, you could ask the same question. Why haven't Europeans been able to figure out coffee until this point in time? Says <laughs> that's a strong point. Little guy, you have anything to counter? I have no, I have no, I have no knowledge or take on, on, on coffee in Europe. I have no. I mean, I've, a black cup of coffee, like a big, huge Coffee, cup of coffee is the only way that the world starts. Uh-huh. This espresso thing, or these cappuccinos, or lattes. Oh, we're gonna get we're gonna get emails now, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, mostly from the UK quarter, being like, "What? What's coffee?" Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm with you, UK corner. I'm a tea drinker. I'm not a coffee drinker. So, that, okay. That, uh. I well, you you know my feeling on <laughs> long finger gloves, Rob. I don't know. Uh, I'm just I'm just old and my hands are sweaty. What can I do? There you go. Can we talk about the women's race? Yes, Ghent. Definitely. Oh my god! Because yes. because oh, one of my favorite oh, yeah. racers, uh, uh, um, Marlon. Oh, I can't remember how to pronounce her last name. Now I got to look at it. Roser. Roser. One with a huge. What she win by? Two minutes and forty two seconds solo. That's a crushing. I know she was a great. She's a great time trialist, but man. She crushed it. And American. And look at who is in second place. Yeah, Come on. American Megan Jastrap. Am I pronouncing that last name correctly? I don't know if I am. I think you so. are. It's close it's, enough. It's Ryan Jastrap's sister. Yeah. Winning the sprint for second. That's awesome result. Super awesome result for DSM. And the, f- and the funny thing is, is that she was actually supposed to be the lead out for somebody else on her team. And she was just too strong for the lead out to come around her. Nice. I love when that so that's happens. So that's when you know you're doing good. I actually almost had the pleasure of meeting Megan in person. This is one of those weird slow ride podcast situations. So I'm at a race in Murrieta, California, which is just the other side of the mountains from like Camp Pendleton, San Diego. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm getting ready for my race. So I got the kit on, got everything. I'm walking over to the the porta potties because that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. And out comes walking Megan Jastrap. And we are face to face. I instantly recognize her because she's, you know, an Olympian and she's awesome and she's somebody that everybody knows. But like, this is not the point in time for me to to fanboy out, is it? I mean, yeah, you got to go to the bathroom. A, yeah, and You're I'm like also dancing. going into the one that she just, you know, walked <laughs> out of. So it's like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad timing. Bad yeah, that timing. is not uh, the ideal timing. That is a lot of podcast moment. If uh, if anything describes it, it, is bad timing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, Tim, Tim, I, if I'm, Tim were here, he would have told you from the jump that you already screwed up if you're going to the uh, to the Johns. Uh, before your race because you should have got there early enough to hit them before everyone else had got there when they're still fresh. You got to get there super early in Tim's book. Tim wanted to be the first one to the race. He wanted to see that porta potty come off the truck and then he'd go and get over there first thing. That's the only way he could feel comfortable with his racing that day. Yeah. So I... I was, uh, as one does when they appear on the Slowride podcast, I was doing my research earlier this afternoon. Interesting. Because the Slowride podcast is nothing if it is not a well-researched, smoothly functioning machine. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't watch Ghent, so I called up a friend who did watch Ghent, and he was telling me all the results, and he's just like, and do you know who got 16th place? And I was like, oh, no. Who got 16th place? Does he know of the importance, the harbinger of 16th place? And he's like, well, it was none other than Canada's very own Maggie Coles Lister. And I was like, holy cow, this is incredible. This is the perfect thing. Maggie Coles Lister, she's been on the podcast. She's an she's a Canadian slash, uh, we adopted her. She's basically an American, right? Totally, now, exactly. Crit racing genius. (laughs) She is wonderful. She's everything. And then he goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. She got 13th. Yeah, 13th. So close. And I was like, I was like, we have to do a recount. I don't think that (laughs) she understands the importance of sacrificing those three spots. Mm -hmm. I don't know who Ruby. Yeah, I don't know who Letizia Borghese is, but she doesn't understand the critical importance of 16th place. Or does she? No, Maybe neither she does, does Sonny yeah. Kant in 18th place. She's right there. <sighs> Could have been the whole season right there. You know, when you come in in the pack like that, I think you just sort of like position yourself as best you can and hope for the best. And, you know, only one person can be 16th place at each of these races. So um, Yeah, well, on the men's side... Uh, Nathan Van Hoyndock of uh, Jumbo Visma, of course, because they're hoovering up all the of points, course, first yeah. and second and 16th. That team doesn't know when uh, when to stop, when to stop being greedy. It's just yeah. uh, it's a, an embarrassment of virtues over there. Well, I guess that is my quick transition. I, we're not even going to read these emails because it's going to take too oh. long. I'm just going to mention. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that Primos, Primos Rogue like, won the GC, also of Jumbo Visma over at Cataluna. Oh, yeah. In a six, seven day constant uphill battle with Remco, uh-huh. uh, trading blows back and forth. Did uh-huh. you guys get to see any of this? I got to watch highlights of a bunch yeah, of stages. Yeah, just some highlights. Yeah. Full stages. The Giro's looking spicy. Giro's going to be fun. Not to mention Almeida trailing in third. Mm-hmm. But like, he's also going to the Giro, I'm pretty sure. 
So I have one weird question about this. Okay. Roglic and uh, Remco and Almeida do it to also. They're uh, they're all GC guys. They're all really great climbers. They all they're like sturdy looking GC guys, right? Okay. Like they're not yeah. they're not like little like mm-hmm. uh, they're not like little like scrawny look. And like obviously they're like super thin and like they're they're climbers, but like they all look like if you were in a bar fight, you'd you'd pick one of them over you'd pick like uh, <laughs> over like Pogue or uh-huh. like Hugh Hugh Carthy. Like you wouldn't want Hugh Carthy behind you with the bar fight, but if Almeida Absolutely walked up, not. you'd be like, Almeida, I got I, I need he's some got trouble. Reach. He's got well, reach. He's, he's got Hugh reach. Got, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm saying, like these three are gonna go to the Giro. These three were dueling out at Cataluna. They're uh-huh. all very like they're like like sturdy GC riders. And for some reason all the sturdy GC guys are going to the Giro, whereas the like little wisps are headed toward, you know, uh, mm-hmm. toward the tour. And I don't know what to make of it other than, I don't know what to make of it. I just was noticing the, how like Rogan, Rogan, uh, Remco just look like they're very similar in their, uh, in their uh-huh. physically. Anyway, well, little guy, you know that this is scientific fact that the wind speed in the uh, Italian Alps is dramatically higher than the wind speed in the French Alps. Oh yeah, no, I I mean, obviously. It's clearly uh, a safety concern. They need the sturdier guys in the Italian Alps because you don't want these guys getting blown off the mountainside. That would just be bad press. That would definitely be bad press. Yeah. If these two race the Giro anything like they animated too, like who put in some strong performances. They race like they raced this last week. Mm-hmm. The Giro is going to be awesome because these guys were every uphill stage was basically these two having their own little like yeah. dueling sprint. It was great. It was fun. I'm a little worried the Giro will not be as good as this week of racing between them was, which will unfortunately lend some, uh, Talking points, Spencer, to you and Tim about the length of Grand Tours. Yeah. Because the one-week stage races, not just this one, but all of them this year, have been uh-huh. good and spicy, and That's I've enjoyed weird. them. It's and I'm like a little concerned that I might better, yeah. be starting to agree with you guys, but uh-huh. I'm not quite to admitting that yet. Okay, I'm not admitting right. that right now. I'm just saying that maybe I'm thinking that maybe I might like one-week stage races a little more, but I uh-huh. don't. I'm not saying that. I'm skipping not, right over two weeks and going straight to one week. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many multi-week obscure Italian stage races are there for uh, Matt to even like? Yeah, there aren't enough. There, most be, of them are in Spain. It's all, it's all yeah. Spain, Spain, Spain. Spain loves a one-week stage race, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what to make of any of this. This is all floating around. But Giro's coming. I've always heard that the United States is a great destination for one-week stage races. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big open roads. Mm-hmm. It could be really interesting. We could do, uh, uh, yeah, like a another good race around the Capitol building in Sacramento because that's like only eight or nine lanes wide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine as a, as a, if you grew up in Italy and you came over here, to race tour California and you were just like, why did we race the whole thing on the freeway? Yeah. (laughs) 
Like the whole race. <laughs> like even going up the mountains, we were on freeways. Like why? Like the roads are so huge. <laughs> and you don't even, I mean, as an American, like I know the roads are huge, but it really puts in perspective when you watch a bike race, you're so used to watching Euro races. And even when they're on a wide road, like in E3, there's always a spot where they turn onto a pretty wide road. Mm -hmm. There's like a descent. And, but that's, it's like three lanes, you know, <laughs> it's nothing. And then you watch tour of California and they literally are on like, yeah, like a eight lane wide road. And you're like, wow, bike racing looks really silly on these roads. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, little guy, uh, as America continues note, to embarrass you know, cross cycling, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we've pretty much covered all the topics we got for this week. Yeah. Well, I, oh. I will read one email real quick. I'm just okay. going to keep going here. We got I one because this is a short email. It's from Ryan Carnahan. It says, I'm not sure, uh, gentlemen, I'm not sure if you've been following the Cape Epic, but I thought you'd like to know that Chris Blevins was on the winning team with Matt Malt, eh, eh, Matt Beers, and Ian Boswell and a friend of the pod, Mitch Docker, won the amateur men's division, which I, I take some issue with those mm -hmm. two get to race the amateur division. Like, is there any hope for us? No. No, there's no hope. Um, I knew they are in it. I didn't know they were in the amateur division. I had uh, watched a few highlights. Have you guys watched any I haven't seen of any Cape of Epic? it, no. Rob, any? N no, no. I've been working on my uh, cycle ball. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, boning up on that. All right, well, that's the only other thing. I, I need to go watch more. I've only seen a little bit. I saw some highlights of, uh, I think it was Nino just like, ripping some single track that looked really fun. Yeah. But I do not understand how Mitch and Ian got into the amateur division. I know they're not <laughs> professional mountain bikers, but I'm pretty sure riding in the world tour should, should make it so you're not allowed to ever click, like check the amateur button in any cycling discipline. You would think. Um, though now I do not feel bad about showing up to a mountain bike race this summer and jumping back in that sport race. And beating, beating up on some 12-year-olds. Because I, if they so can you, go rock the amateur, I, as a as a once higher categorized and no longer qualifying for that uh -huh, rider, uh -huh. can definitely start doing the sport race again, I think. Well, it's, uh, we, uh, the, the, the big insult is that uh, Mitch and, and Ian should know that this is what the master's category was invented for. Yeah, maybe they don't have a master's there. I don't know. You're right. That's true. They should be racing racing their age category. <laughs> What age category would Mitch fall into? I mean, he's still baby master, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably he's like thirty five or something. And Ian too. Ian Boswell's probably not even thirty five or right. They're both maybe in that. I know they'd be. I I couldn't even race them in the same age category. Well, those they'll show up at USA Masters Nationals in three years once they you know get American citizenship. Uh, you know? I'd love yeah, to see yeah. Mitch win that one. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be great. He can he can race against the same people he's been <laughs> racing against all along. We'll now be in that Masters category, too. Perfect. Yeah. All right, that was the last thing I had. Oh, okay. All right. You, yeah, you can shut her down now, Spencer. Shut all her right. down. Well, let's thank Rob for his time. Rob, we appreciate you filling in here. Uh, some big clown shoes you had to put on tonight and clown around with us clowns here on the Slow Ride podcast. Um, we do appreciate it. Um, again, any of our listeners that haven't checked out Criterium Nation that are interested in what's going on in American bike racing, um, 
fast, hot, nasty, whatever it is, uh, bike racing, uh, go check out Criterium Nation. It's on all the podcast places where you find podcasts, including this one, or you can find info at wideanglepodium.com. Rob, anything else you got to plug before you go? No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm ready. It's been good guys. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And a uh, little guy with that, um, I guess people can always email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where we always read all your emails. Always. They're always gratefully received. Week, we didn't read them all. Yeah. Aside from episode 431, we might miss them, but that's only because we'll get to them next week. We'll get to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our intro and outro music from BK one from Ryan Sayers entertainment. Uh, you could follow us on the social medias at the slow ride pod in all of those uh, places. And, uh, of course, on behalf of Tim on Orlando. Uh, Matt in Minneapolis, I also want to say <laughs> that oh. somebody's told me to do the vacuum trick on my client internal cable routing, and I forget who sent that across, but I did it, and I got it through. I got a break cable again, baby. This is Matt in Minneapolis. <laughs> Great. Thanks for the update. This has been Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. <laughs>